Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT Flavoured Edition. I am El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. How's it going? Uh, not bad. How did you find the finish of NXT this week? Oh, oh, they rustled my jimmies. Because it could have been, it could have been a different sort of rustling of your jimmies. It could have been a, a slight pat on your jimmies because there was a <laughs> different, <laughs> there was different plans in place apparently uh, for the finish of the Iron Man match in NXT, which we're going to be discussing in the show, which is happening right about now. The supposed change of plans in who was, well, what was going to happen basically at the end of the 60-minute Ironman match on this week's NXT, which I don't know if you've been on the internet today. It hasn't got over particularly well with most people uh, because it ended in a draw. Uh, Finn Balor, right at the finish, everyone was tied on one uh, one point. Finn Balor, right at the finish, hits a coup de gras and gets a pinfall. In that last 10 seconds, Adam Cole slips in from behind, hits the last shot, flips over Balor, who was being very uncooperative, returning over right at the last second. <laughs> a very fast three count happens and the two draw. William Regal comes out and is like, oh no, stop your fighting. We'll decide this very easily next week. You two will have a singles match. First fall wins the thing. And everyone was like, Adam Cole was like, I want this. That's fine. Yeah. All right, Dumbledore. Cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you shall war games. But that is essentially what happened. But the apparently the original plan, I can't remember who said this. This was according to Dave Meltzer, I think. But I will double check that votes, in one I second. Think. Oh, was it WrestleVotes? Okay, so WrestleVotes said that that was one of the proposed plans. The other finish they proposed was that Balor would win because Pat McAfee would run down 
and interfere, uh, costing Adam Cole the title. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe that wasn't even the finish. Maybe it was any of the other guys could have won it then. But Pat McAfee was going to cost Adam Cole. Obviously, greatest wrestler of the year, Pat McAfee. I would, it would be a pleasure <laughs> Sorry, to see him. Be careful. It would be it would be a pleasure to see him run down and interfere in a sixty minute match that I've invested in. Um, but yes, that's not what happened. This, what actually happened was uh, <laughs> you're a wizard, baby. Someone's just super chatted. Uh, yeah, baby. like what what actually happened was a draw. Um, how do you feel, Adam, about the draw? How do you feel about? Uh, would you have preferred Pat McAfee to run down and cost Adam Cole, thus setting up the rebound, the rubber oh, match that everyone's real, been talking about? It's a real Sophie's choice, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> what would you like in your sandwich, mud or excrement? Um, I, mud, I, I run the... Yes, well, mud, I suppose. Although, no, no, probably mud. Uh, I, run, <laughs> I run the risk of the thumbs down, Laurie. I'm afraid of giving my opinion, oh, uh, although no. I, do actually, I do actually think it's probably the opinion that's shared by a lot of people, which is that I don't mind draws in Iron Man matches. Like, you know, we predicted last week it was going to be 1-1-1 until right to the very end, and they almost mm-hmm. did that with Balor. I just, the precedent is there. If it's a draw, you do sudden death right then and there. That's just like, that's the rules that you've set, WWE. There's not my rules. They're yours, goddammit. Um, it's the it's waiting a week. It's the naked ratings, Chloe. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 I get it. I get it. We're having it's, Super Tuesday, Adam. Super, tu- tu- Super, Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday 2. You and you. I'm gonna fight. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Like they're they're running unopposed, aren't mm. they? Do they need? I it's it's such a it's such a transparent ratings grab. After an hour of of watching an Iron Man match, which is mostly good, uh, I have my issues, especially with like kind of the final two minutes. Um, but well, this is the thing. This is the, I think this is the problem with Iron Man matches as well, right? Like it does all come down to the final couple of minutes, and that you you stack that to make that really exciting. But that it ending in a draw is it feels like an hour of our time was kind of wasted. Yeah, not you know, not I'm not saying it was a complete waste of time. It was obviously a very good match, very well put together. It kept my interest throughout. I just feel like. For their benefit as NXT, I think a solution would have been better too. Like a, someone yeah. walking out the champion is way more newsworthy than everyone kicking off that the finish was a draw. And then we had to go into, like we, we're all getting this very obvious ratings ploy for next week. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I really struggle because I just do think when you do these bad finishes, and this felt like an NXT match with a very WWE finish. Um you do just kind of overshadow a lot of the work that goes into it. And like, I'm not a wrestler, but I imagine doing 58 minutes of work uh, is very hard in wrestling. And then to have it kind of squandered by the final two minutes is is a bit of a shame. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Hang on a second.
get rowdy time to do the thing um because that's uh, like here, here's the thing i i do want to say now that by and large i really enjoyed the iron man match mm-hmm. uh if only because I'm probably going to spend the next 20 minutes complaining about it. Uh, but o- overall, good telly that. Exciting. Uh, first half, you know, bit boilerplate, bit feeling out. But there were moments in the last 20 minutes, in the last five minutes, that I thought were genuinely white knuckle stuff. Oh, <laughs> I've been, uh, give me a yes, please. That's Luke's new thing. Mm, I've heard it. Let's get a yes, yes, please in the comments. There we are. Lots of people saying yes, please. <laughs> Love the air horn. Thanks, Luke. Uh, miss you every day, bud. Although you have your job back. So welcome back. Um, We've been keeping yes, out of the meetings, though, because, you know, that's that's what Mr. Davis is about. Apparently, yeah. Uh, Luke, burials of Luke will continue until morale improves. I think... So I, I, I'm going to start my... Yeah, so good. Overall good. What do you think overall to the match quality, Laurie? I, I mean, how could it not be good? The, the people in the match are great. Like, my major issues... Um, I just think Champa looked a bit rubbish throughout mm. most of this match. I really like... You know, I think last week did such a good job of setting Champa up as this monstrous heel character. And then... To watch him in this match was, it was just, it was like a cut and paste champer. It was, it was any, any champer match. Um, there was that brilliant tear he did like in the last 20 minutes where he took everyone out and got himself the big round of applause. And um, they did the, they worked over his knee for so long. And then uh, he was hit limping and, you know, really built into the finale where he was fighting back. But that kind of felt like babyface kind of fire for him. I know he was, beating people up and chucking them round. But this that felt kind of like the champer who was trying to win Goldie back when he returned from injury, not vicious, I'm going to basically murder Jake Atlas champer. And, you know, like there was that obviously brief moment where he did the move, that same spot to Johnny in this match. And that was what was leading into the victory, basically, for what the supposed victory for champer, where he was about to pin him in the center of the ring. And that's when Bala comes flying in. But um, yeah, I just... I just would have liked to see more fire from him and, and like a bit more in the match because it works when people people kind of teamed up to take him down and everyone had their go at putting him in a in a figure four or in some sort of leg submission and had him hobbling around. But yeah, it it kind of, it felt for like the first half an hour, he wasn't anything special. And I think last week mm. they've tried to make him really special. The rest yeah. of the match though, I do think the spots were great. He came into the match kind of white hot. I think it kind of this this kind of bleeds into my kind of main argument. I think with the match is that I I, I actually don't mind waiting a week to to have the the match so much. It's just the wrong match. Balor versus Cole is so one sided. I don't want to wake a week for Balor Cole. It that will be a good match. I know that these two, these are two of the best wrestlers in the world. It's just that no one, probably not even Cole himself, wants Adam Cole to be the champion because he's just come off the longest reign ever. So no one is feeling that. Mm. Um, so to me, the only reason why they would put Cole in that position is because they're going to do McAfee next week. Yeah, uh, that is the only reason to have Cole in the match because otherwise it should one hundred percent be Balor versus Champa. 
Because mm. Balak, Balak can play face. Like he's been like of all of them in the match, him and Cole are the tweeners. Uh, Champa was definitely a heel, uh, and I don't think it was right that he played a tweener going into uh, during this match. I think yeah. that really muddied uh, things because you know he took Jake while Jake Atlas was in a neck brace, he DDT'd him onto the outside floor. He's a heel. Uh, whereas Finn Balor has sort of been giving respect to Damien Priest and, you know, fighting off attacks from Timothy Thatcher. So he's the face in this match, uh, which would, you know, then make champ. Like imagine if Balor got like Adam Cole hits the last shot on Johnny Gargano, then out of nowhere comes Balor. He pins Cole and then out of nowhere comes uh, Champa with something horrible, like, you know, a horrible, like a, bottle or a chair or like a nightstick and his just knee like, brace his like, knee you know. braced laurie they're perfect and then he's the one who gets that last minute little knife in the ribs pinfall and then yeah. you have Bala versus champa way up there because no one knows who's going to win that as well and then you've got a little bit of jeopardy as well because it's like you know Bala. Bala talks a good game he talks about the push the big push all the time but the big push he's got to go up against actual murderer champa in a match and you, you know you, you could go into that with a really strong dynamic i think bala cole is something one we've seen um that you know went to a bit of a funny finish anyway and like i think we're going to get another funny finish here and it feels like a foregone conclusion that bala's going to win i don't really, i don't feel like i need to wait a week to see finn bala recrowned nxt champion yeah. um I, I you know and I, I i like the idea of finn as the nxt champion like i really like it i like the idea of this that version of champa from last week as the champ way more so much more um and yeah i don't i don't know how we get him back to that position without just this feeling like a bit of damage to him because it, it was just that f- he didn't carry on that fire from last week he didn't carry like the momentum that he built in the jake atlas beat down not even in the match the match the match was over before anything really happened like all that stuff for jake atlas everything he sort of like did to him felt kind of undone by him not really feeling special in this match and they could have done a bit more like because i think everyone else played their character really well like johnny sneaking in and stealing his victory by chucking champa out of the ring and stealing that pinfall what to get his first one but that just made champa feel like a baby face champa then very quickly fights back into uh getting his pinfall uh back and that that felt quite baby facey as well like it i don't know like more could have been done to really build on those characters and yeah I just I think have, the f- yeah. I I don't mind a draw. I love a draw if it's done correctly and it's done like in a match where I haven't invested quite so much time to not get a finish. Like I was really hyped for this match and to come out of it like uh, going, oh, there's a new champion and there's this is the future for NXT and this is the direction they're going in and that's really exciting. And then, you know, I kind of, I saw the thumbnail that we'd made for this video before I'd watched the episode. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I know what happens. And then I would just sort of watch a match being like, wow, this is a bit of a waste of my time. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things, like I think with, with a slight tweaking, with it being Bala Champer, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily mind waiting a week because it is a coin flip between those two. Mm-hmm. It's not a coin flip. So if you're going to do Bala Cole, I feel like just, just run it at the end of the show. Yeah, I just, yeah. Like, just, just do it because we know it's Bala. Um, and again, you could, like, also, you could also have crowned Balor this week. You could have done something mm. like 
Valor and Cole get out ahead of the pack, right? And they are, they're the ones that are tied going into the finish. And Johnny and Champa are stepping up their game, trying all these dirty tricks in order to get pinfalls and they're sort of gaining momentum. But Balor ekes out at the end and gets that one pin extra than Cole. And Cole then uses the fact that he was just one point behind and maybe Champa cheated or Johnny cheated to sort of take Cole out of the game. And he says, look, I was literally a point behind Finn. Give me a title match next week. And then you can just do the title match next week. Yeah. Like there, just, there's so many ways to build a title match. It just doesn't have to be like, and wait one week for the final conclusion. I just but, wish when know, WWE I wish when WWE were debuting a new style of stip that they didn't always try and get overly cute straight away. I mean, they did in the first bloody Iron Man match they ever did. It went to a draw and then it ended like five minutes later. You know, it's just like that's not they they introduce a stip which has an appeal. And then they go with booking that swerves that appeal. It's mm-hmm. what they like the Iron Man match, you know, 60 minutes, we're gonna see so many falls. It's great. And then you never see a single one. Um, you know, uh, the women's first ever women's money in the bank match. They're like, oh great, this is gonna be brilliant. Oh, it's won by James Ellsworth. A man won. A man won it. Uh, you'll never see it coming. <laughs> you'll never see it coming. And then this time you're the first ever four-way Iron Man match. Oh, the best wrestlers in the world, we're gonna see so many. Uh falls. oh no, it's gonna be a draw right up until the end when it's another draw. It's just like I get it. Like when you when you've done loads of a stipulation, then you can get cute with it. But I feel like you, the big selling point of this NXT was this cool first time ever thing, and then it's just like ah, no, that's not what you're gonna get. You're gonna get half an hour feeling out process. Everyone gets a fall each in a, in the next twenty minutes, and then you have a weirdly paced kind of five minutes where some of it is amazing like super kicks all over the place and then you have a final minute where for some reason Tommaso Ciampa your white hot heel can't get his ass in gear to try and get a pinfall off Johnny Gargano until the last 10 seconds that was the thing that annoyed me the most you got to book the last two minutes of your Iron Man match so well because once you get into like five minute territory it's unbelievable if everyone isn't working overdrive. Like you're running on crazy adrenaline because, oh Christ, time's running out. We have to go, go now. But pin, pin as many people as you can. And it's the fact that Champa, the one person going into this match with the most psychotic fixation on the belt, was very slowly getting Johnny Gargano up to the top rope. Punch. You punch, punch. It's like, that's not the champion. Drake comes over, tells him the time, punch again. Drake <laughs> comes over, also tells him the time, punch yeah. again. Like it, they were, they would, they started that spot too, like too early, basically that climb, and they had to slow that right down. And that's a shame because it's like, yeah, it it could have been something. They could have had a more elegant solution to getting up there in the first place. I guess, like you know, Johnny could have climbed to do a jump and like hit someone, and they could have knocked him down and then Champa could have dealt with that other person, ran up there and immediately done the air raid crash or something like it, it really did clunk at that finale. And then, yeah, to add insult to injury, you sort of do the, this wasn't a finish and William Regal surprisingly is there within 10 seconds to be like, well, no, you know, I know he was probably there to, <laughs> Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist? exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Let's draw a line under uh, the finish for now and we'll come back, we'll circle back around and talk about the match a little bit more towards the end of the podcast as we go through the show in order. But for now, let's do some soup, soup, super chats uh, and see what you lot have been saying about this match. So, in regards to the changed plans and the finish from the four-way match, Kevin says, I liked the main event. I liked the finish. I didn't like the consequences of the finish. It should have either been a four-man tournament, the finals next week, or overtime. That's unfortunate. Um, I think I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Christian Bob- is overtime straight away. Literally every single time that's happened in an Ironman match, you do it straight away. Like it wouldn't, it, it, if this was the precedent that you wait a week, I don't think people would be as annoyed, probably a bit annoyed, 60 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. But the precedent is there. Follow your own rules, WWE. Christian Baltimore says, thought the Ironman match was a really good NXT match with a bad WWE finish where I stole that line from earlier. Uh, Peter Mullins says, you're a wizard, baby. Uh, Just do it with the wands. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Explodes. 
The uh, the line drive says, worth noting that there has never been a fatal four-way Iron Man match in WWE. By that, traditional overtime doesn't really work. To me, next week is like PKs after a last-second goal in stoppage time, penalty kicks. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I just think waiting a week for that conclusion didn't need to happen. Like, if you, want, if you need a title match to make next week feel special, just say that they're going to do a title match, like... Just make up make up a reason that happened in the Iron Man match to give you that title match. Like have someone come out and take Balor out, and he could be like, "Oh well, Cole won the title, but the undisputed era actually interfered and stopped me from winning." Um, and then you've got a match. William Regal makes the matches. He, he can do that. He would be there. Uh, the Jam one, Brian uh, Ryan B. Jam for the last says, "I haven't watched the match yet, but if Cole got pinned more than Balor, then shouldn't that count as well?" And that is an interesting point because Cole did get pinned. Uh, three times pretty much by yeah. everyone everyone pinned cole at least once yeah so cole yeah cole actually yeah I, again like you don't want to book a match in which you go that deep into the stats to have to resolve it like i don't think that's going to be a very it's not very exciting for the audience i also don't think a draw is very exciting for the audience um and i just that's how i, I wouldn't book a wrestling show in which your audience is going oh man like i know what you're doing you're trying to make me watch next week I, I would book it so that something exciting happens and then you do a post-match angle that makes people want to watch next week. That's the that's like the classic trick, right? Like have a definitive winner of this match and then do something that's going to set up something exciting for next week that people want to see resolved. And whether that's a heel turn or a face turn for somebody or whether that's somebody coming out and getting into the new champion's face to set up a championship match next week, whatever it is, just going wait a week for the conclusion of this match is a little bit lame, I think. Yeah. Um, let us... Uh, right, so we'll start whizzing through the rest of the show and then we'll talk about the uh, Iron Man match again at the end and we can talk about some of the best spots from it rather than harping on about how the finish sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so the show opened with Legado del Fantasma versus Breezango and Isaiah Swerve Scott in a street fight, which meant there were ladders and chairs and bins and all that other lovely wrestling goodness scattered around i thought this was great this was a lot loved of it um these 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 guys have all been you know these six guys have been working together quite a lot on nxt recently and that really shows because they've really sort of found their stride i love the the start of the match as well as breezango and swerve are making their entrance they get onto the apron and mendoza just pops up and jumps over wild and hits this uh, leapfrog drop kick to knock them off and then they lobbed Joaquin Wilde, they absolutely chucked him. Out of almost the too far. A yeah. <laughs> little bit too much of a fastball special. He almost missed the boys outside. Yeah. It's like, careful now. A little roughhousing. There was, I mean, there was loads of good stuff in this. One of my favorite bits was uh, Fandango helicoptering the ladder in the center of the ring and just spinning the whole time. Like everyone else sort of does it and looks for a target and then spins into it. But he just span round and let people run into it. Like, like lemmings they were <laughs> they were just like getting up and being like oh ladder <laughs> gotta say man like these they really screwed us with one of those ad breaks did they just not tell the people in the ring that they were doing an ad break because uh during like i think maybe even the first ad break of the show there was a triple trash compactor and a table bump yeah. during the ad break it's like oh i'm i'm sorry that we had to watch the shakaroni ad you like, gotta that's get not your stuff, you gotta get your stuff in mate <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I really like the triple trash compactor spot as well. Like, um, I think it was Bree Breeze who was like mm. in a tree of woe in a trash can, and three of the guys drop kicking it at the same time. That's cool. Would have loved to have seen it. Uh, same with a table bump. But like, the, the thing is, there was so much good S word in this match that I you kind of don't uh, begrudge them after that because yeah, there's some real fun stuff. I mean, yeah, they. Str- I think they struggled with the ad placements throughout this episode of NXT. The Iron Man match definitely had some of some of the really mm. good stuff happened in the ad break, and they never really went back and recapped it. Um, and th- so it did make it quite hard to follow. But yeah, th- this this match was great. The, I think all of these guys click really well in ring. Uh, but Imperium basically arrive some somewhere in the middle as Breeze gets knocked outside. They chuck him back, chuck him around, and beat him down in the ring, teaming up with. Uh, Legado del Fantasma, but they don't notice that a forklift has driven in, bearing Breeze and Fandango, uh, who do double rolling sentons off the top uh, into everyone. And then as everyone's outside, Breezango dive off the turnbuckles to the outside, hitting cross bodies, and then Swerve nails Escobar with his finisher and pins him for the win. He then climbs up the forklift to celebrate. I think this made this was clearly meant to make Swerve look like a star and like the next big contender for that Cruiserweight Championship. Um, good all round. I really like this. Like, continue something with him, brings Imperium back into the mix to sort of set something up with Breezango, probably sets up another triple threat between all those teams, um, which I think would be really, like, which would be good. Um, yeah, and then Swerve versus Escobar, I'm really excited for. Like, you know, Escobar, Escobar didn't do his mask spot, though, in this match, which mm. I would have liked to have seen again. I think it's it's a good thing to start getting over properly. It's uh, yeah. Considering that the the chief selling point of this episode is the four man Iron Man match, they did not need to give us this. Like they didn't need to go as as fun or as hard as they did here. You didn't need to do a forklift spot in an episode that everyone was already tuning into anyway. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Just felt very generous, possibly because they knew, knew how the episode was ending. Oh, um, they were just like. We're going to front load this. That's what the forklift's for, front loading. It's going to front load this episode with great stuff in the hopes that you forget at the ending. Um, we then got a Candice Ray and Tegan Knox package in which uh, mostly Tegan was talking about uh, Candice turning darker when she tried the Gargano way um, and talked about like their friendship and showed loads of images and stuff like that and saying, you know, Tegan was really playing up the idea that she's like, we're sisters. I'd love to sit down and chat about this over a with a glass of wine, which seems to be a line they're obsessed with. Um, and it was just like watching all that stuff where it's like we were teaming on NXT, we've been teaming on NXT house shows, we did the whole circuit together, we've been great friends. It's like, that's brilliant, but we never saw any of that on TV no. because you were busy being best friends with Dakota Kai. You were Dakota Kai's friend. Yeah, and so like, it, it and I know that they're, I know they're real friends in real life, and that's fine, but this just feels like it kind of feels like they're lying to us when they're saying that now because it's they, just like yeah. we just never saw them interact ever. They're, pre- they're pretending like it's was somehow kind of codified into each other's character, you know, like oh we're, we're destined to do this, you know, we're, you know, because like oh all the all the memories we've shared, which we're only just bringing up now. Io was Candace's friend. Uh, Dakota Kai was Tegan Knox's friend, and it just feels like yeah, it feels like they're kind of filling in the gaps now which is to be like to be honest if they weren't doing it it would feel even more hollow so i'm glad that they are and per i'm just hoping hoping because um uh, well basically yeah 
a dinner is coming and I really hope it's a really silly Game of Thrones style dinner. Let's just say I don't want to jump ahead too much mm. in the chronology of the episode, but it, it's fine. Like yeah. it was it was fine last week and the week before that. Let's do another thing now where you stop reminiscing about how he used to be friends. Yeah. And again, it just, it, you know, this whole we're sisters were sort of out over a glass of wine. It's like she's not done anything. Candace hasn't done anything terrible to Tegan particularly, but Candace has been a bit on a bit of a tear. But I don't know how Tegan could be sitting there being like, I think this will be resolved with a glass of like my last friendship really resolved with a glass of wine. Me and Dakota really sorted it out. So, you know, I think it will work with Candace. <laughs> it just feel it feels dumb. Uh, and yeah, it's a shame. Um, so we then got Candace LeRae actually having a match. So the, 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 the uh, notion was that she'd seen Tegan's promo and then she comes out for a match with Casey Catanzaro, Soz Casey and Caden Carter, um, which was a fine little bit. Casey Catanzaro, is cool and should be getting more than this because she does some really unique, interesting stuff. She's yeah. obviously uh, very gymnastically talented. Um, Future and, star for sure. Just yeah, now is I not know, it's, time. it's so weird though because they made such a big deal about getting her as well, and then they've just used her as fodder, and that's dragged Caden Carter into being fodder as well. And yeah, they they just. Both of them are completely directionless, but they are friends, and that is what they were here for—to be friends in front of Candice. Um, mm -hmm. They have a they have a like a tag team entrance sort of thing, you know, pulling you up into like a sort of sitcom or like you know, like um, like those rom com posters where people are sort of leaning back to back. Mm -hmm. That's what they kind of got going on. So they feel more both absolutely minute. Yeah, they're teeny. Like they, they, doing it. <laughs> they feel like they feel like the kind of friends that they keep telling us that Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae are, because at least they're mm. doing stuff together. Yeah, exactly. we've seen them interact on TV. The first time Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox interacted on TV was when Tegan surprise returned from injury. And rather than have Tegan make a big, uh, make her return like in front of fans or um, return like to surprise Dakota, say, in a moment of uh, victory, Tegan just walked into a backstage shot that Candice was already in and she was like waving and then they hugged. And that was like Tegan's big return. It was so downplayed. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, they're best friends. And it's like, okay, they've well, we've seen them on screen together like two times, fine. Anyway, Candice finishes the match with her uh, new sub like submission thing where she ties up the legs and she pulls the arms back and then she just stomps their face into the floor and then she pins them. Um, I like killed her. She just I like killed the finish. Her. It was great. Like it works really well on someone who's kind of diminutive and cute, like Casey Catanzaro as well, because it's it's kind of shooting the puppy kind of thing. Like it's um I really like Candace's new character. Um post-match she cuts a promo. She says she heard what Tegan has to say, and then she, you know, she's just watched Casey and Caden's friendship coming out of this ring, and obviously she then stomped on uh Casey's head. Uh but um, she says, if you want to talk things over, you want to hash it out, swing by my house. Dinner is on me. I'm interested to see what they do with this this dinner. Ladders everywhere in that house, obviously, left out from changing the light bulb six weeks ago. Put your uh, ladder away, Johnny. You're giving me anxiety. Filthy jock strap uh, on the table. <laughs> I hope it's a mugging. I really hope it's like a proper little sit-down dinner and then it's just tables to her, like she goes through the dining table. Proper, yeah, like, like someone said it in the comments, 
give us a Game of Thrones red wedding. Yes, please. Give us red dinner. I and that that is what will turn the temperature of this feud up. A proper iconic little bit of healing. Uh, really, really hoping. Come, come on over to my place. Dinner's on me, and you never saw Tegan again. <laughs> She's been, yeah, oh, horrible. Uh, Rhea Ripley then cut a promo on Mercedes Martinez, saying, "I thought you got the message when I power bombed you onto the concrete, but clearly you didn't. I don't want you and the Robert Stone brand in my business. I do want a match, though, but not a normal match. I want a steel cage match." Yeah. Yeah, up for that. That that please. Can I have it now? Yeah, I honestly. No, Super Tuesday 2. Wait. Sorry. You Super must Tuesday. wait for all the all the conclusions happen on Super Tuesday. <laughs> uh we then got Bronson Reed versus Timothy Thatcher. Bronson Reed rebranded as the Colossal Bronson Reed. Oh, his um, entrance video. Oh, it's mm. good. I love it. Proper like has as as Luke Owen seen this? He loves a kaiju. He does, uh, yeah. It's it's very, very good. That I think genuinely sort of like final piece of the puzzle uh, stuff. Like I just like properly leaning in. What a wonderful bit of effects. Mm. I, I think his um, his character was, yeah, like you said, like really missing that final push, like something that added to him before he was just uh, like the thick boy thing wasn't working for me like i think it was getting over but it didn't really have enough to hang on and i think being like no i'm i'm like a kaiju i'm a powerful monster and it obviously it had bits of that in the original gimmick the stomping on the steps and the the claw thing were clearly meant to signify that as well but like i think just hammering that home with him really does uh add something to his character thick boy was a bit cutesy a bit kind of miley cyrus Mm. Hang on, I um, can't do that. I can't. Uh, is that how you do it? I don't know. It's disgusting. Put it away. I've had coffee. It's got about. Uh, sorry. I know it was. It wasn't. It was the noise. It was the. Uh, oh, with the ASMR yeah, sort of. Again, like, sorry for podcast listeners. Don't do it. It's the big push. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, no, I've got you. Uh, we've done this you enough time. Me. We've done this dance enough times. Um, so yeah, uh, the match was pretty good with Thatcher actually. Um, Timothy was really there. He we does. go. He, he does. does bless you. He, he also does. Loves. Um, yeah. So Thatcher. Sorry. Hang on. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, Thatcher basically zoned in on the forearm of Bronson Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson Reed is the new best kaiju, Luke says. We need a big robot that's combined of other wrestlers to battle him. We need a Voltron. Who would be a good Voltron? Like Drake Maverick, Casey Catanzaro. They can all be a different limb of this new I would Voltron. just do that. I'd just do the Undisputed Era, but centred, like, connected to William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> or just like he's in the middle like Krang just sort of yeah like... exactly like and they're all they're all the limbs <laughs> one limb keeps shooting up into the air and saying Adam Cole baby <laughs> oh <laughs> having a great time bloody lovely time <laughs> with the boys getting rowdy give me a yes please sorry carry on it's alright don't worry um <laughs> So yeah, like the the most of the match was as you would expect, Bronson Reed throwing Timothy Thatcher around and Timothy Thatcher attempting to work over the injured forearm of Bronson Reed. Reed does this crazy huge dive to the outside, um, but as he chucks Thatcher back in to go and pin him, Austin Theory arrives, slams uh, Reed's face into the mat, and then chucks him back in. And then oh sorry, no, Thatcher chucks him back in, gets him in this big uh, arm lock. They have a little fight and then it ends up into a Fujiwara armbar and Reed taps. So 
10 seconds after being rebranded and being called the Colossal Bronson Reed, he's lost to Timothy Thatcher, which is fine because it's setting up something with Austin Theory, who I'm assuming he is going to crush. <laughs> Two feuds advanced here, uh, Bronson versus Theory and uh, Thatcher versus Priest. Priest. Oh, good. Well done. Yeah, this, this, is, this is all good stuff. It was like, I think their styles meshed well. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel crazy that Timothy Thatcher managed to pull out the, the, the victory on, on Bronson Reed. I think the Austin Theory thing helped. I think the clever working over of the arm, like I really like Thatcher's in-ring style. Like it's slow, sure, but he does make every single submission look like it actually hurts. And he just keeps putting him on. That's the best. I think that's the best bit about me. Just he just like okay, well there, you didn't you didn't you got out of that one. Have another one. Here's a different one, and it's always different. It's always iterating on like here's a different way to tangle your arm up behind your back and make you scream. Like he's great. He's so good. Clever to boy. Um, we then got to see uh, Cole and that lot getting ready for the main event. Champa backstage as well doing that. Then we got Mercedes Martinez confirming that she would indeed be up for a cage match. Yes, effing please. I want to see that. I want to see that incredibly badly. And we get to see that next week on Super Tuesday. So that is great. Of good reason to watch NXT on Tuesdays. How do you find watching NXT on Tuesday, actually, before we go into talking about the main event again? Suits me, pal. Like, Thursdays is a nightmare. Yeah, like, obviously, like, it gets, it gives us a chance to be live mm. with the fans. Love the fans. Hi, fans. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, I, I kind of prefer doing this live because yep. then you get to do air horns and stuff. I won't. That's too easy a setup for it. I'll do an air horn when you're not expecting it. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you like uh, doing it live? Not falling for it. You're going to do the air horn. Well, I'm waiting for you because you're going to start saying what I think of the thing and you're going to play the air horn. That's not true. That is entirely true. You're do you do like that. doing it live, Laurie? Yes. I... So the match. Sorry. Okay. That's the last time. What was your favorite spot in the match? The Iron Man match? Yeah. I... That's the thing. Like, I, I like the, I like some elements of the scramble um, towards the end. Mm -hmm. um, gar gar gargles getting stealing the pin was really, really fun. There wasn't a lot of like, mem you know, you got the Tower of Doom spot. You've got all that jazz. Um, I, everyone in the first half an hour just got a turn mm -hmm. to have the momentum. First Champa, then Bala, then Gargano. And then Cole, like they all got to do a do a thing. It was like towards the end where, uh, like, you saw like the double widow's bell to Cole and Gargano in the fairy tale ending. Like everyone pinning Cole, I thought was a really kind of fun uh, story because I think I thought they were going to kind of play with maybe there's a weakness there and that might spill out into undisputed era stuff, which may happen next week. Um, Champa going on a tear. Um, I really like I Gargano going on a tear. Like everyone did their stuff. It was like I enjoyed um what was it? Him doing the thing, the slingshot. The, the most memorable spot to me was him doing the slingshot to Johnny, going in, Cole breaks it up, he takes care of Cole. Uh Bala breaks it up, he takes care of Bala and he takes care of Cole, and then he tries to hit it, and then the kick out. Like it's like that is 
That was really, really... Oh, no, sorry, no. He, he goes out and gets rid of Bala and Cole, and then Gargano pops up for uh, Inside Cradle for a really convincing yeah, yeah, yeah. fall. I think that was probably my favourite, but that was a bit like, they probably like, oh, they really, really got me. Yeah, they and then sucked I was you in on that point, right? And then I was taken out of it again by the fact that it wasn't quite moving with enough urgency in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. There was there was a lot of little fun bits in this as well, and that like unfortunately a lot of them happened in the break. There was a you know there was a bit in which Johnny um, gets the uh, Kolb goes in for a last shot, and Champa keeps catching his leg to stop him running away to hit the last shot, and Johnny runs in from behind Cole and hits the tilt a whirl. Uh, into the Gargano escape, the sort of tilt a whirl slam. And then Champa grabs Balor as he runs in to attempt to break that up and gets the arm bar, which is the old DIY spot. During um, the break. And it was oh, happening God. in the, like, you know, and imagine like in front of an audience, like everyone knows what that means. Like th- this is what they used to be um, the revival. Uh, like there are so, that's quite a poignant little bit of wrestling that just, was chucked under the sort of like, oh, well, that happened in the break. They didn't even call back to it. And then you get um, Cole and Bala chucking both Johnny and like Ch- Johnny and Champa had this face off coming back from the break and they're in the center of the ring and like from out of shot. And this, I think this was really well filmed. Cole and Bala just appear and chuck both the guys out. And then they're in the center of the ring and Cole throws up a two sweet. Uh, yes, that was good. And I Bala really hits a two sweet with him and then chucks him out of the ring. And this is where Bala builds to his, his pinfall. Like Bala, Hits too sweet, chucks Cole out, shotgun drop kicks Champer into the timekeeper's area, nails Cole and Gargano as well with a shotgun drop kick into the barricade, chucks Cole in, hits the coup de gras and gets the point. That was so cool. That was just like, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, we were both in the Bullet Club, but I'm the originator and off I, off I go. Um, that, I think that was a really good little bit of storytelling. Like I'm hoping they pick up on that stuff next week if they're having, you know, I think there's obviously history between these two that happened outside of NXT. There's loads of stuff to do with them. Um, Tell you what, speaking of stuff they did in the break, there was, um, I was just making my notes. I did, there was a really nice thing, which was uh, Champa, again, a little fun moment for him, which got kind of swallowed up by, um, you know, Cricket Wireless. Uh, Champa hits Project Champa to Cole, which is broken mm-hmm. up by Gargano. Then he hits Project Champa on Gargano, which is broken up by Bala. Uh, then he hits it on Bala, who finally, you think he's going to get a pinfall, but Bala actually kicks out after a really close two. Again, all during the picture in picture. And it's just like, come come on, guys, you're yeah. killing me. Couldn't you stack the picture in picture in the first 10 minutes when it was mostly one-on-ones and chops? Like, that's when I would have put all the picture in picture stuff. Also, this um, is really well actually of me, but they made a big point of there being no disqualifications and there kept being rope breaks. And, mm. and like, literally, the commentary actually said, oh, well, uh, th- you know, they're going to know that there's no such thing as a rope break uh, in a match with no disqualifications. And then later on, I think it was... Uh, Bala had Champa in a Boston crab and bo- and like just got to the ropes and he just immediately let go. It's like, come on, guys. Because the Gargano escape, because like, they, they did a really nice thing later on in the match where I think Gargano had Cole in the Gargano escape, which is obviously a callback to take over New York, which is how he won the belt in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Champa actually pulls them both out of yeah. the ring. It's just like, yeah, 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 do do stuff like that. It's just like... And this came right after the DIY super kick. He was going to go for the DIY super kick and then Cole dodges, misses a last shot, which is, this is, that's all stuff they've done in their previous match. Mm, Really good stuff. Um, And it's just like, 
that little isolated moments of wonder, but also some inconsistencies, which is, hey, man, producing an Iron Man match must be really hard, especially oh, a fatal four-way. Bloomin' heck, lads. Uh, you really set yourself up for a mm. difficult time of things. I would love to. I would. I would really love to see a uh, fatal four-way Iron Man match in which it wasn't like I know we said it was going to probably be a draw right up until the end, and then someone would come out on top. That's all well and good. I would love to see the dynamic in which someone was lagging behind and having to make up ground, and like mm. whether they were positioned as an underdog or a menace to the rest of the sort of the rest of the 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 field because they'd sort of realised they were too far behind to ever really make it back, so they turned extra vicious or whatever it was or threw away points on disqualifications and stuff like that you know i think there's there's room in the in the match for it not to be so even because that a little bit of dynamic would have changed this match i think every every interaction felt on the same level because you're just like well anyone gets a pinfall it, it matters a lot which is I a clever thought, idea well they were going to do that with champa because he was the last one to get a pinfall and I thought, oh, that's perfect because he's the one who wants it the most mm -hmm. and he just can't. And every time he tries and I just like, oh, it's going to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. Oh, no, he's tied it up with like 20 minutes ago. That's it. Yeah, because you, you could like, you know what, you want to, you're pushing, you're making Champa look like a baby face here. What you could have done is have Champa not get any pinfalls for the whole match. Everyone else is two points ahead of him. And he nay that do the Project Champa spot that you, you said earlier where he pins them and they all break it up. But have him just pin them all. He just hits every single one of them with Project Champa and one by one gets three pins at the end of the match. Like I think that there's something there'll be something more fun because I think they do just rely too heavily on the idea of it being a draw for so much of the match to drag that tension out into the last couple of minutes. And I think you can have moments of you can have bursts, fits and starts of tension throughout in which someone starts to really lag behind and you can have a bleak 10 minutes in which they're quite behind and they can bring it back and then they can fall, they can get ahead, but the person might cheat for the last 10 minutes. I think it's those ebbs and flows that would really help sustain the interest. Not that these guys didn't sustain interest. I just think mm. they just did it through, they instead did it through uh, very clever spots and and good wrestling, but so many of the, I think the fun nods and the stuff that I, you know, I really value as an NXT viewer happened in the break, right? Like, you know, sure. I love seeing people do a load of super kicks, but I really like a two sweet. And I really yeah. love it. I really love a call back to old DIY stuff. Like that's the stuff I really value. And they, they peppered that throughout the match, but yeah, the, the production of it kind of let them down on that side, but it still sets up what I think is going to be a good match next week. I think next week's Super Tuesday 2 is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've got Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage. Yes, bloody please. Um, and yeah, we've got Cole versus Bala. And hopefully we're going to get a actual victor in that match. And we're going to get a new NXT champion. I'm I'm hoping it's Bala, um, even if we have to have the return of Pat McAfee in order to get there. <laughs> we may get uh we may get Thatcher versus Priest. That hasn't been confirmed yet, I don't think. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, there's a lot of potentially really good matches. We could uh, also get Swerve versus uh Santos Escobar, most likely. They look they really like featuring them on uh these bigger shows. So yeah, lots, I wonder if ring to look forward to. I just I can't help but imagine like what the world would be like if we were waiting for Cole. Uh, for for Bala versus Champa, I'm I I am intrigued to see how they don't put the belt on Cole mm. because obviously he's doing his face turn, 
um, Balor sort of is as well. Uh, obviously, there is the report from Russell Votes that Pat McAfee was supposed to get involved this week. That may be next week. Maybe it's something to do with the Undisputed Era instead. Maybe they might just swerve everyone who's expecting it to be put on Balor by putting it on Cole, which is the least good idea, I think. Uh, it's they interesting. They swerve at this exact moment in time, oh, don't they? They yes. do love a swerve NXT. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, let's go through Super Chats because I, I think ultimately this was still a very good episode of NXT. There was a, a very dodgy 90 seconds uh, towards the end. Um, but overall, the opening matches were brilliant. The Iron Man match, I think, over-delivered in terms of interactions between the four biggest stars in NXT right now. Um, and it's just a shame that we didn't get a conclusion, a proper conclusion to it. But, you know, if you're going to take it as a two-parter with next week's match, that's kind of fine. It just feels a shame to wait for what feels like a fairly inevitable conclusion. Whatevs, Super Chats time. Because Siddharth Online says, Undisputed Era betrays Cole next week. Maybe. Ooh. I, I mean, like, uh, it feels that like Kyle O'Reilly might... singles push. Well, that feels like it's slightly at odds, isn't it? Like, ah, uh, because, yeah, what's going to happen there? Because Kyle O'Reilly looks like he's getting a little bit of a face turn, mm. whereas the other two are definitely heel. So, can they then cement their heel turn by going off as a two? And then Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are going to team up against them? Who knows? It's interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely something for them to do if you're sort of moving Adam Cole away from the NXT Championship picture and he's, I imagine he's not going to go for the North American title anytime soon. Working out what to do with Adam Cole seems to be NXT's biggest quandary. Uh, Andre Banks says, uh, won't mind Finn versus Cole if we can get Champa versus Finn at a takeover rather than have a big build to it. Or rather, he would rather have a big build to it. I, I can see that. Like, I'm, I'm expecting Champa to not take this well shall we say. Uh, and I think whoever wins that match uh, is going to have a, a pretty big champer problem. At least they should. They've, every other every other thing that they've built with Champa's character leads to that. And I hope this is, I hope this takes his, him to an even darker place. Bodega Vega says, I wish it was 30 minutes ad-free, tie, and then sudden death. I know where was uh, where's Mountain Dew and Progressive when you need them, like come to, to come and get rid of our adverts. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I do really feel like a sudden death would have added to that climax of that show because that's fine. Like, it's, I think it's fine to sort of swerve people's expectation of a, of an exciting finish and then be like, but now the exciting finish is actually happening. Um, and you could have even done it with like anyone can win the sudden death like any of the four not just cole and finn that that could have been quite interesting uh, andrew kamal says hey folks how are you very well thank you i really enjoyed the iron man match i didn't mind the finish as we know the match next week can be bay bay by the way predicting prince is winning the match hope the ratings are boosted hashtag jam that jam yeah i mean if the ratings aren't boosted then it was all for nothing they they stirred everyone up on social media for no real reason uh, Owen Mullane or Eoin Mullane says, if they wanted a title match next week, then the ref should have counted three on the other side of the bell to what he did to give Cole a valid claim. True. Yeah, he, he was uh, pretty tight on the old three count there. Oh, I think he made, the hand came down while it's still like one second left on the clock. Yeah, but only because he skipped a second in the middle of the count. <laughs> he really had to he really had to compress those three seconds into, <laughs> into about two 
because Finn Balor refused to roll over. Uh, Bacon Rasher says, hey, Lance, do you think instead of Regal saying sudden death, he should have said golden goal? Sorry, football reference, but going for gold. Hashtag Andy's JTJ. Or don't go on about Andy's jam that jam. Did you know that Andy came up with jam that jam? He reminds us us four times a day that he came up with jam that jam. He didn't even come up with it. He didn't even come up with it. He read it off a man's arm. Like genuinely, like, uh, you know, we obviously don't want to grass him up, but in the uh, meeting, was it this morning or yesterday? I think it yesterday. was yesterday where he was just like, guys, do you ever feel like what the channel might be like if I hadn't invented Jam That Jam? And he meant that sincerely. He was genuinely like, what other Elseworlds? Do you reckon we'd still be in business? It's like, the <laughs> would we military- have lockdown without Jam That Jam? We, would, well, we never would have seen a Fightful, I guess. So there is that. Um the, in, the incursion of Sean Ross Sapp. So, you know, but then it did bring up, I don't know, like it. Oh, it's hard to say. The Phantom Knight 24 says, not sure if this was covered already, but did anyone else notice that it was a four-way heel match? Adam, you're the best. Oh, well, there, left you out, there you go. Mate. Uh, it was sort of like, no, no, there was no out and out baby face. That is true. But mm. I, I feel like Balor and Cole have been like, I mean, Cole was the baby face in Cole McAfee. He's still, you know, he's just he's just a he's a baby face with dickish qualities. Mm. Like, like us all here on Wrestle Talk, apart from Luke, who is a, yeah. a white baby face of the purest kind. Yeah, Luke doesn't have a bad bone in his body, bless him. Uh Louise Marie says, had an absolute S-word day today. You boys never fail to make my days better. Love all of you beyond words. Thank you very much. Love you too. Thank you. Uh Dage Train. I always say H train, or is it just da train? Da train 24 says, Adam, you recently spoke of Young Ling in a video. That beer is only available in the east part of the USA. How'd you come by it? Jam that jam. Um, it was, uh, well, basically, I uh, I am a fan in my um, in my top 10 videos of saying, uh, of linking entries together by, you know, someone says this and someone else says, hold my beer. And a thing I've enjoyed doing now is looking up where that, the wrestler who's going to say that looking at where they're from and doing a local beer uh for them and uh adam cole is from philly um and uh yingling is a beer that is quite popular in philly that's why cool hey there's fellas you're gonna want that cowbell shut up laurie it is cool (laughs) shut up I mean, Harrison's super chat is uh, more relevant than ever there because it's about wanting cowbell rather than air horn. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is for cowbell. When we get copyright claimed, <laughs> you're getting in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ninad Mahesh says a surprise demon baller would be quite nice for next week. Hashtag plumpy. Hashtag jam that jam. Yes. Mm. I mean, a, a little, yeah, a demon would be quite a cool way to signal that Cole has not got a chance in hell of winning that match. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Wrong? Well, did I get it wrong? I know he's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. I said Philly, but he's not. Ooh, he's from well. Lancaster, which is in South Central Pennsylvania. It's not Philly. Sorry, everybody, but it's important. 
these things are important. Do you think I've ruined the video enough? Yeah, I think so. We need to just thank our uh, $50 backers on Patreon for being awesome. So we're going to just shout out some names and say thank you. So thank you to Superkick Nick Mazesco. Thank you very much for being a supporter on Patreon. The Craftsman Blake Carpenter. What we need is a backing track of clapping. That's what we need to put into this. I mean, we used to have a bell some, that we dinged. I've got some things that make noise, but you probably don't want to hear those again. Go on then. Wonderwall, Brian Gallagher. That was barely heard that. $100 man, CD Halver. Thank you for your support on Patreon. The Rocket, Dan Van Sky. He appreciates music. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Thank you for your support on Patreon. The Kessel Run DX Solo, thank you for your support on Patreon. <laughs> the Hitchhiker, Mika Nab, thank you for your support on Patreon. I wonder if you can get it to just flash the image and not make a noise. Uh, WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez, thank you for Patreon. No one names their kid this anymore, Larry. Thank you for your support, Patreon. Thank you very much. We'll always mark out for Ollie Landrum and Superkick Party, Andy Buckley. Thank you for your support on Patreon. That's Sorry if that was look. quite a stilted delivery on a lot of those. I wasn't <laughs> sure when Adam was going to press the bell. Uh, I'm a treat. Yeah, so, so there we go. Uh, we have a late super chat come in and we'll just do that and then we'll get out of here. Um, Anshu Kamal says, have you guys ever tried Indian food and beer? Oh, yes. Uh, we, we're, we're British. Uh, it's, it's weirdly a staple part of our diet. Um, no, I, I, I very much love uh, Indian food. It's, one of, it's possibly my favorite takeaway uh, take style, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, and I, you know, I've had like tiger beer and stuff, but I, I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur of Indian beer. Cobra. Cobra. That's the other one. I, I, love it. I, love, I love Indian food, but I'm not sure we get the, uh, the full experience over here, really, because we just have tickers and corners and that's it, which I, I think we were invented for us. So, you know, it's, it's not it's not authentic, but it's close enough. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. So, Laurie, mm -hmm. I am starting uh, a new phase in my life. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a someone who's played D&D, you might be interested in. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, as you know, I'm an avid board gamer. I have lots of board games with lots of little bits. These little grey fellas, mm. these little uh, these little figures, which uh, you know, are, they've always struck me as a little bit drab. 
little bit uncolorful. Uh, so what I'm doing now, like it was my uh, my birthday present from my partner, is they got me a painting set to paint miniatures. Mm. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, is that something that you have a history in? I know that you're a you're a D and Dsman. No, I'm not. I'm not that kind of a dweeb. Oh, I see. I'm not going to paint some minis like a nerd. Not Honestly, cross something with gonna, love. No, we can just pretend that I'm a half elf. <laughs> no, I'm the kind of D and D player that just likes to sarcastically comment over whatever N ever NPC is playing, and I just like to burn the village down. Is exactly. you that kind of player? Are you? Hey, you know, how do you know about Plan A? Um, <laughs> no, we're like I, I'm. I'm very much into it. Like I used to play a bit of Warhammer when I was. Um, Growing up, um, I am not a talented artist in any way, shape, or form. Um, my handwriting looks like you've dipped a spider in ink and let it go on the paper. So you can imagine what my drawing and painting skills are like. Um, you do surprise me because you are covered in tattoos, which suggests that you're sort of like some yeah, sort that's, of tortured that's craftsman. That's why I've paid someone else to do oh, that. Oh, gotcha. Because gotcha. I can't do it. I can come up with the idea, but I can't draw it. Uh, to save my life. I remember getting the for the octopus tattoo on my right arm. I sent in a picture and I was like, yeah, that but more menacing because <laughs> I drew like a little <laughs> cartoon octopus. Did you, did you send in like Ursula? I sent in I sent in the like a smiley faced picture <laughs> of an octopus because that was all I could draw. And then was just like, yeah, can you just make it look badass though? I <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd just done that little smiley one, but just done little lines uh, down its forehead to indicate that it was like evil. Yeah, I, I just can't do it. Like I've, I've honestly, I think I've, I don't think I've ever painted a mini to, to actually being a standard that I was like, okay, that's finished. I've, I've spray painted a lot of minis to be like, okay, well that's a base layer, and then I sort of do the first round of coloring, and then I'm like, you're cool, the red army, you're yeah. the blue army, exactly, and yeah, I'm just like, cool. What what do I do? What do I do with the detail bit? Because I can't be bothered to do multiple washes of stuff. I just want it to just like, just you know, also buying the paints is really expensive, isn't it? It's it's a it's a bit of an investment like in especially in warhammer where it's like everything is a different shade of a slight different shade of gold so it's like you have to be like i want this specific color and it's like use four different gold paints to achieve something that looks like gold and uh, yeah i i just don't have the time or the patience or the dexterity i also find they're too small and you know like do you ever tickle your own fingers <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, like if something's really small and you're holding it, like sometimes you don't expect your fingers to touch across the thing and it sort of tickles the inside of your fingers. I drop things a lot. I don't know. Are you all right? <laughs> no, I'm not all right. I can't do crafts. It's just a thing I can't do. Um, well, the thing is, like, I love puzzles and like everything that you kind of don't like about it, they're all things that tick my boxes. Like, I am a compulsive, like, whenever I get into a hobby, I kind of I overbuy stuff like that's how i got over 100 board games like i got mad into the hobby and just kept buying stuff um and so like that is that's something that just appeals to my personality just making sure i've got everything i need like all the different brushes all that stuff um uh, but also like i'm i'm a man who genuinely loves a good puzzle that'll take four hours of an evening and like this sounds incredibly zen just like sitting and very slowly getting in all the nooks and crannies of a little model that sounds like my kind of jam see i do like that i do i do find that quite therapeutic but i'm also such a perfectionist that i wouldn't want me to paint it mm. like i i'm just like i would be so if i i just know that if like 
I'd paid someone else to do it and it came out the quality that I'm capable of, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> and so I would just be like, I don't, I, you know, I can't, as soon as it isn't, doesn't achieve whatever vision in my head is of the thing. I'm just like, I can't, I don't want to do it anymore. You care about D and D so much that you wouldn't inflict your taste levels. on Exactly. I would, I would not, uh, I did think about getting a mini for my character like a long time ago, because there's a quite a good website that lets you sort of like bolt bits onto like, mm plain minis and so i was thinking about getting one for him but he keeps changing what he looks like so uh i'd, I'd be annoyed then that this one wasn't missing the eye and had the long hair from before and it wasn't shaved and stuff so all right final question how did your character lose an eye he had a conversation well everyone else because i took over dm for a very short period of time we did like a two-month break while our regular dm wrote the next section of the campaign so I transported the rest of the party into the Feywilds where they spent what they thought was about a month doing stuff. Turned out to be 20 years. In the, <laughs> in the 20 years, because my character didn't go with them because I was the DM, um, he had been dragged away as they sort of transported over there by his goddess. And she had said, here's what's coming up in the next campaign, basically. Like there's this darkness that we're still dealing with now like we're literally at the point where we're about to combat like the big bad um, next week so we're like right at the cusp of uh getting to the to the point that we've sort of been striving towards for the last year i think in D. &D. um but yeah i was dragged away and she said like blah 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 some darkness stuff and she's like here's a boon for you and while giving me the boon it burnt my eye out but the, <laughs> the eye the eye can see the future Ah, like I see. And stuff. So it's a it's it's a blessing and a curse. What uh, a boon. Yes. But then obviously when everyone came back 20 years later, I was like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> uh, sounds great. Uh, I'm very interested to know how your battles against the big bad go. Oh, yeah, me too, because I'm uh, we're all almost dead. So uh, and it was because we're doing the we're doing like a converted version of Tomb of Annihilation, which is the hardest of D and D's uh, campaigns. It is essentially it's designed to kill people. It was what Gary Gygax made for conventions. Um, he originally wrote it as a convention piece because the idea would be that you could obviously get it done in a couple of hours, and also people would die, so they would drop out of the party. when I've heard, yeah, it's, what's it called? Like a meat grinder. Is that the official term in like D&D? &D? Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, you're, you're there to be killed. It's basically, uh, don't touch this, don't touch that. What? Don't put that away. Please put that down. Don't touch that. Don't. There was a fountain we found on one floor, and it was like, we walked into this room, and there's this resplendent, beautiful fountain with like uh the water refracting the beautiful light in the room and glittering and it all looked very inviting and we just all just went no and we immediately walked out because we were just like it's gonna be something stupid and as we were walking away my character turned to luke's character and just like i don't know why we didn't drink from the fountain and he was like yeah do you know what went back drank from the fountain and it was a dice roll and the dice roll was like you either i think he got healed ever so slightly on the dice roll but the mm -hmm. other options were you permanently switch gender, you uh, lose all of your armor because it melts off you, you die, <laughs> and something else. And it was just like, this doesn't feel like it just, just it, it actively, it, dis, it doesn't encourage players to touch anything in the dungeon. And I think that's a bit silly. Mm. That it's almost too, um, 
too oppressive an atmosphere because you're just like I don't want to I don't want to interact with anything in case it blows me up whereas I think normally you could hide that stuff there, there's a risk reward strategy of like where you can go like this looks really dangerous let's see what happens um but I can see a way through it whereas this is literally if you touch the wrong thing at random that also doesn't flag up what it does or like even oh, suggest Christ. it doesn't even suggest what it might do. Like we were opening doors on these cupboards yesterday. And uh, every time you open the door on the cupboard, something came out of the cupboard. And like the first cupboard we opened had a picture of orcs on it. We opened the cupboard and a load of orcs came out. Then we, there was one with a picture of a grandfather clock on it and a little clockwork monster came out, which I, I hate robots and it was tiny and it was pathetic and I shot it immediately. And it was like, <laughs> phew guys, that was really close. Um, and then we opened one that had like a witch on it. And then a bunch of like bugs came out of a volcano and it's like, the, the, the pictures don't match. What are you doing? So yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting campaign because it feels a little bit too random and insane. Um, and it doesn't really encourage you to interact very much. And then we've also smeared every single, like we've two combat encounters we've had recently. We, we fought an invisible thing. We've got this pot that makes infinite amounts of uh, liquid. Okay. You can tell it what liquid to make. And we've been having it make mayonnaise because oh, okay. we've been feeding it to our dinosaurs that we've got. Um, but the solution to this thing, this invisible thing turned up and kept appearing and disappearing. So I chucked all the mayonnaise on it in an attempt to be like, and now we can see you wherever you go. And we killed it. And then we fought a Beholder, which is like one of the more famous D&D monsters. That's the eye with the, all the snakes, right? Yeah, it's basically an eye with loads of eyes on stalks and all the eyes yes. fire off lasers of different types. So they, they do like randomized beams and some of them are like ice, fire, uh, lightning, death is one of them. Oh, so I was like, oh my God, because I've read the Dungeon Master Guide. I knew that what that was and what it was capable of. I was like, what do we do? And we found this... In the room, the big sheet had come off this iron ball, basically. Just cover um, it in a sheet. And we just chucked a sheet over it and then dragged it to the floor and kicked it to death. <laughs> Noble warriors. And then, but like RDM was so annoyed by that plan because he was just like, oh, this is like the most, this could have been like the most epic battle that you'd had so far. And we were like, put it in a bag and kick it. Um, <laughs> he tried to make oh, it, he wow. even tried to make it break out. And as soon as it broke out, our paladin was like blinding smite. So it couldn't fire any of its beams in the right direction. So we just, uh, we just gimped the, uh, the beholder, which was good. God, I, hope he sets, I hope he sets a Tarrasque on you now. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, what we're going to have is somebody dead at the end of this one, I think. We're, we're definitely going to lose a character. Um, That's exciting. More through. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, I'm torn whether I would sacrifice my character or not for the greater good. Because I'd quite like to play a new one. But I also feel like he's just getting to where I want him to be. Mm. So I would feel, I would feel torn. And I would feel annoyed at having to make a new character that's a lower level. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll push someone else in the way. Let someone else take the bullet. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I've got the a week to. Th I've got a week to think of it. The heroism we've come to know you for. Yeah, exactly. Let someone else handle that, <laughs> and I'll just take the. I'll take the XP, thank you, and the escape. Well, that is all we've got time for on this week's edition of the NXT podcast uh, for Super Tuesday, in fact. So it's actually coming out on Wednesday. That's a lot of fun, which means you've got AEW tomorrow. You've got the magazine show on Friday and you'll have SmackDown on Saturday. I think there might even be an All Out review on Sunday, depending on what happens, because there's a fair bit of drama about the All Out reaction stream and what the Jam Championship. Bloody hell. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we'll see. I don't know yet. Uh, so, yeah, keep your ears out for that one. Uh, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 